0: Welcome to the Behind the Bliss podcast, where Mary Scott Mercer and Rachel Autry bring weekly conversations to encourage, inspire, storytell, and share. Each episode is designed for you to feel met in your mess and balanced in your bliss. Here's today's conversation. Hey, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Behind the Bliss. This is Rachel, and this week I get to share some really great things that I feel like the Lord has put on my heart for me to share with others. And I'm so grateful for a platform like this to be able to share and steward well the words that He's given me. Shows like this have kind of always intimidated me. And if I can be honest with you, being able to record something that is so vulnerable to me, something that I've walked through this revelation for a pretty long time and feel like I'm finally at a point that I can talk about it, is pretty remarkable. So let me just first say thank you so much for being here and for being willing to listen to our heart and wanting to get something out of this. When you come to a place hungry, I promise you'll be fed because it's what we're promised in scripture too. You may have already heard this story, but in scripture, God tells a story about when he provided his people with manna in a desert. And I honestly feel like that is what this show is. It's just an opportunity for us or for our friends or other people or guests to be able to share the fresh manna that was laid on their heart that day in that moment with somebody else. It totally is for us and it's for our hearts and to be able to sink in. But a lot of times too, it's for us to be able to share it with other people. So this word that I'm sharing with you all today, I'm really excited about because I totally feel like it's for somebody out there. In fact, I had the amazing opportunity to share this with a whole bunch of high schoolers the other week, and we just left with so much freedom. We just felt like there was a release of relief that we were finally able to overcome our problems that we've given too much glory to for way too long. So for this show, my prayer is that you feel leaving refreshed, that you leave feeling valiant and a victor and that you're able to take a hold and a grasp on the problems that we have in our lives today and completely hand them over to the Lord so they're no longer struggles in our own life. Every day I feel like there's one place that the enemy wants to creep in and steal my joy, kill my hope in my future, and destroy any thought that I have. So this message is honestly for anybody that's willing to listen because I promise it'll speak to you in one way or another and I only know that because the Lord told me it himself and I cannot wait to just jump on in. Like I said, I got to share this message a few weeks ago with a group of high schoolers. And before you say, wait, what? Why are you sharing a message with me that you shared with high schoolers? Because you might not be in high school. In fact, you might be in a season a little bit further ahead than high school. But let me tell it to you straight. This is for Everyone, Don't tune out yet because I promise where you invest, you'll be met. So just hold on, hang out. I promise I have something for you. If you don't know much about me and my current season, my husband and I get to live on this amazing, beautiful guest ranch in Northern California. It's always green. It has horses roaming everywhere. There's ropes, courses, adventure, reconciliation between parents and teens as our guests. But for a month out of the summer, we have two programs called Second Wind. These are the programs when high schoolers get to join us, find out what adventure and leadership looks like how to walk out their faith with the Lord. It is amazing. The second week that they're here, they go on two adventures. The first is a wilderness adventure where they go. They have to find their way to a destination using a map and compass. Count me out. But the second excursion is the one that Thomas and I enjoy the most, and we are so grateful to be on the leadership team of it. We go to the river for a whole week. We go whitewater rafting. We go to a beautiful swimming hole. Our amazing river guides that volunteer their summer make us the most incredible food. My personal favorite is the French toast. But really, in the midst of all the fun and laughter and adventure, it's really time to rest and be quiet, stare at the stars, see them maybe for the first time. And in the evenings, we have time for a message or for someone on the leadership team to share something that's on their heart, which is where this comes in. There's a lot of us in a lot of different seasons, like I said before, but the one thing that we all have in common, despite our age, our race, our gender, any preference that we have, is that we all have something to grieve and we all have something to hold on to that was never meant to be carried. Let me explain. So, when I was in high school, I remember sitting down with my dad my freshman year, and he asked me, What do you want to make out of these next four years of your life? Do you want to be an academic scholar? Do you want to be an athlete? Do you want to be creative? Do you want to be all of the above? How can I help champion you and what your dreams and your goals are in these four years? And I remember thinking to myself, Oh, I would love to be an athlete. Here's the deal, friends. I would say I'm athletic when I need to be, but as a desire, I'm not athletic. I don't desire to go for a run. I don't desire to make myself sweat. It's just not my thing. Totally okay, and I'm learning discipline in that, but I would never choose to use my time to be athletic. I decided that track was going to be for me. I went to the first day of track. I was really excited. My mom and I had just picked out my fresh pair of spikes, and I really, really wanted to be a sprinter, and I don't really love to run. (laughs) Here's the thing, if you see me running, you better start running too, because the only reason I'm running is because something's chasing me. I don't know what came over me, but I thought track was a great idea. Loved it. I'm so thankful I chose it, but at the time, don't know what had possessed me. More specifically, instead of sprints, I chose to run hurdles, which means I would run the 400 meter hurdle and the 100 meter hurdle, which is just like a race, but with these big things in your way that you have to jump, crawl, whatever, underneath or on top to get through it to get to the end of the race. I knew I had signed up for the 400 meter hurdles, but to be honest with you, it came as a shock when I found out that my name was being called to line up for the 100 meter hurdles. The 100 meter dash, you might have heard this before, is literally just a straightaway that you have to run really quickly. But with hurdles, they get added in your way, and you have about three or four steps in between each before you have to jump. Yes, you can imagine. This takes discipline, this takes tons of practice and coordination, all of which I lacked at the moment. I wish you were there just to see my surprise and my face of, oh, know what have I signed up for when my name got called to go to the starting blocks, but I really didn't have an excuse. I had to finish my race. I was so nervous, and I had no idea what I had signed up for, but I did it. I conquered. I finished the race. I didn't fall at all, and I felt victorious. And in youth group one Sunday, my youth pastor mentioned this verse and he read it out loud to us. You can find it in Hebrews 12, verses 1 through 4. And it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles us. And let's run with perseverance the race marked before us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. I found this interesting, not only because I was running races at the moment and this seemed almost too practical for me, but in reality, it was the first first time I feel like I was looking at my life in a metaphor. a race, So if you join me and kind of imagine your life as a race, a race being maybe it's your circumstance or your current season that you're walking through, or maybe it's the season you're about to walk through that you're anticipating, whatever it is, we all have a race to run. And in this race, we're called to train for the race. We must know what to expect. There's three parts to a race, right? We got to train for the race. We have to actually have a race to run and we have to throw off everything that hinders us. And we can pull that from the verse that we just read. So the first is to train for the race. We must know what we're expecting. You've been through some challenges I can imagine. And you may have walked through some things that have taught you how to defeat your circumstances, how to solve your problems, how to find prayer, how to worship, how to make a friend. All of this has been training, but we've also been given resources to help us in our training, know how to train well and effectively to run our race the best we can run it. That's worship. That's prayer and being in communication with God. That's having friends and community to keep us accountable to the training that we must do. That's having scripture to access what he has for us and what he's calling. Us to do. So the second part to a race is obviously we have to have a race to run. I don't know about you, but when I was little, sometimes my friends and I would set up these orange cones around our cul de sac and run around and make a race for ourselves. And as much fun as it was, it wasn't a legit race because there was no prize at the end. Here's the thing, friends I think a lot of us have disqualified us from running a race to begin with. We think we're ill equipped, we think we're unqualified, we think that we're not good enough. Maybe we're not strong enough. Maybe you're not old enough. Maybe you've been told you're not beautiful enough. Maybe you've been told that now's not the time, but maybe later. Maybe you've been told you're just too much or that you're not enough at all. Whatever it is... Whoever disqualified you, whether it was someone else or yourself, let me remind you that you are qualified for your race, and we all have a race to run. And lastly, in our race, we have to throw off the things that hinder us. I love watching the Olympics, and I love watching all the sprinters because, hey, that's what I did. But I also love watching them and their technique. You never see Usain Bolt with a backpack on, and you never see him with ankle weights on. Am I right? That would be a little silly. Why would you choose to slow yourself down in a race that you could win? I would challenge us to think the same way about our lives. Why would you choose to add something to your race that might be comfortable? Maybe you've convinced yourself it's convenient, or maybe you truly believe it's just a part of who you are. But in reality, it's hindering you from running your race the best you can run it, the fastest, the longest. It's keeping you from full perseverance and endurance. Let me just throw some out there. If I could be so blunt, maybe for you it's an eating disorder or the way that you view your body. Maybe you think you have to strive to be perfect in your career to reach the next ring in the ladder. Maybe for you, you're holding on to your relationship with your boyfriend or your girlfriend because it's comfortable, but you'd never imagine yourself marrying them. Maybe it's sneaking a bad habit around the people that you love the most, and you just feel the crippling weight of having to tell them. Maybe for you, it's depression or it's anxiety and the constant thought that life's just not fun anymore. And friends, let me remind you, I am right there with you. We all have a story to tell, and every story has a conflict. So don't think that having your conflict disqualifies you from the race. It's just that we're called to throw our conflict aside so that we can run the race the best. So, what does it look like to throw a conflict aside, you might be asking? I would challenge you in this. Be constant in prayer. Find your community. Talk about your conflict out loud with people that you trust and can help you through it. You might have heard this in the first episode, but Mary Scott and I truly believe that what's hidden can't be healed. And if you don't talk about it, you can't be met in it, which is our whole purpose of this podcast is for us to say, hey, I struggle with it. You struggle with it. She struggles with it. But if we talk about it out loud, we can conquer the idea that it's bigger than us. We can conquer the idea that our God can't handle it. So I'm here to tell you it's time to start talking about it. We hear a lot of stories about people that struggle through their struggles, people that get defeated, but God, you are not one of defeat. You're one of victory and valiance. So where's your story? And I immediately felt called to reread the story of David and Goliath. If you know the story or you've seen the VeggieTales version or whatever, I just ask that you'd set it aside for a second. We're going to walk through it a little bit with a more different perspective. I honestly believe David ran his race really well in this battle with David and Goliath. So let me set up the story for you. There is a war going on between the Israelites and the Philistines. David's family was a part of the Israelites and they sent David's brothers off to go and fight the war. But David was left back. He was left behind because he was told he was disqualified from running this race. He was told he wasn't strong enough, he was ill-equipped, and he was too young. So instead, he was left to tend to the sheep. You could probably imagine how disappointed David was when he didn't have the opportunity to go and serve. But David didn't let the disqualification of others keep him from running his race. The Philistines, we'll call them the bad guys, they had this huge, giant man fighting on their team. His name was Goliath. He was large and in charge and frightened everyone around him. So much so that the Israelites stayed in their tents and were too afraid to fight the war. They were too afraid to run their race that they were called to run. Basically, when Goliath was defeated, the war was over. Or if Goliath stayed alive, the Philistines took victory. Let me put this in perspective for you. Maybe there's a Goliath in your life. But Goliath was a hindrance because he kept people going for their victory. And if we remember the verse we read in Hebrews at the beginning of the show, it tells us to throw off all the hindrances. In 1 Samuel, if you keep reading the story, Jesse, who was David's dad, said to David, Take these ten loaves of bread to your brothers and hurry back to the base camp. Take along these cheeses to the commander and see how your brothers are doing and report back to me. So David showed up to the war. He saw what was going on and he realized everyone was still in the tents. No one had even started the war because they were so frightened. So he goes into the tents. He sees his brothers and he says, hey, why aren't y'all fighting this fight? His brothers said, are you kidding me? Have you not seen that guy? His name's Goliath. He's huge. There's no way we can defeat him. The Israelites who were scared to fight the war were giving Goliath too much power and dominion, which installed fear in them, which kept them back from their purpose. What in life are you giving too much credit for? What are you seeing as a bigger problem than it really is? What are you not handing over to God because you're not quite sure if he can really handle it. But David didn't look at Goliath this way. David marched over to Saul, who was the king of the Israelites, leading the army, and said to him, I will fight Goliath. Saul came back and said, no, you're too small. You're only a boy. David responded and said, my God will be with me. What if we had the same outlook as David on fighting our challenges and throwing off what hinders us, even if we want to hold on to them because of the ease and comfort that they give us? Let's take this as a challenge to look at our problems as minuscule compared to the power that God has. David was so brave and bold that he actually threw off the armor that his friends and the army gave him to battle Goliath because he knew it weighed him down. He knew that the armor didn't fit him. So what in our life do we have to throw off in order to fight our battle well? So David took off the armor, he walked up to Goliath in prayer, and he took the challenge. He decided to run his race despite what people were saying about him. He didn't have fear, yet he had confidence because he knew, it was God's best for him. David approached Goliath and yelled, You come against me with a sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God and the armies who you have defied. Here's a spoiler alert. David defeated Goliath. He killed him. He won the battle. They celebrated. They were so excited. But at the end of the day, we have to remember that David didn't carry in a sword. He didn't carry in a bow and arrow. He didn't carry in a javelin to his race or his battle. It didn't take anything big and shiny to defeat Goliath. All it took was confidence in God and a rock. It's easy to make up these big situations in our head, tell ourselves how hard it's going to be to overcome our addiction, defeat that perfection, leave that friend group, you fill in the blank. But really, all it takes is trusting in God and something simple like a prayer, a conversation, finding uplifting friends, whatever that rock is for you. Some of us, We're going to be super excited after this podcast. We're going to be pumped. We're going to be excited to go into our race and know that we can run it well. We're going to throw off these hindrances like nothing's holding us back. We've got the adrenaline. We feel trained and prepared. And we can't wait to make that phone call to have that conversation, to have that prayer time, be able to throw off what's holding us back. But others of us... Yeah, we're pretty frightened because it's easy to believe the lies that it's going to be really difficult. You can't do this, but your life's so much easier with what you're holding on to. Who's going to be your friend once you come clean about you fill in the blank? All of the loneliness, the defeat, the fear, and confusion, let me just tell you, they're not from God. God is not one of fear, he's not one of loneliness, he's not one of confusion, but he's one of relationship, victory, love. Actually, if I can be really vulnerable, when I first started preparing for this talk with the high schoolers, I also felt similar lies coming at me. Lies that told me, who do you think you are? You're not qualified to give this talk. Look at all the hindrances you still have in your life. And I'm being vulnerable in saying this to declare that we're all in the same boat. We all have a race to run. There's an army of people excited to celebrate you, to celebrate the victory that we already have even before running the race. So if I go back to that high school girl I was, who was lined up at the starting blocks, looking at my race of the 100-meter hurdles and frightened, I knew I was frightened because I hadn't trained for this. I didn't know what to expect. I was anxious. What I want for me and what I want for you is to be able to look at a race like this in our own life and know that we're prepared, know that we're confident, be able to throw off the things that easily hinder us, be able to take off our ankle weights, throw off the backpack of rocks we're carrying around with us, and know that we're ready for this. In fact, even more than that, I want a group of us that can believe that the God we serve could be the God to move the hurdles out of our way, to be the God that intercedes on our behalf and makes it a little bit more simple. This is the point of my talk that I normally ask the high schoolers to stand up if they're feeling the least bit nervous, that they're battling lies, that they're nervous to go back home, or that they have hindrances they need to throw off. I ask them to be bold. I ask them to stand up. And then we pray for them, and we defeat the lies, and we declare victories. Unfortunately, this is a podcast, and we can't do the same. But what I will ask of you is that you're vulnerable with yourself, you're honest with yourself, and you take a few moments to identify the places you feel like you're hiding the most. To identify the things that have a stronger grip in your life than you have on them. And if you're like me and it takes sometimes some declarations over yourself or having someone else speak them over you, I encourage you to do that. Call a friend you trust. Ask them to just affirm you. Ask them to encourage you. Ask them to walk through this race with you. But for me, what helps the most is when I'm able to be honest and quiet and ask the Lord, who do you say I am? And it's in those moments he meets me. He reminds me, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You're bigger than your circumstances. This problem is not your defining moment, and you already have victory in me. So while you're at the starting blocks, know that this race you're about to run, you have already won. So run it confidently. Don't get anxious about how you're doing, or look at the lanes of people running next to you and think they're going faster. Because at the end of this, there's prize and blessing because of your obedience of running your race well. I hope this can be an encouragement for you in whatever season of life that you're walking in. Maybe it's with your family or your spouse. Maybe if it's with your children. Maybe it's your friends, your community, your career. Or maybe it's with a problem that you've given the authority to for way too long. But whatever it is, let this be the last reminder that you are qualified to run your race. It's time to throw off the hindrances that are holding you back. And those hindrances can never be too big for the God we serve. Gosh, I'm so thankful that Rachel had the courage to share about what was going on in her heart with all of us. It has been so helpful to read your comments and hear how you've been loving the podcast and things you would love to see. If you have five minutes, would you head over to iTunes and leave us a review? Reviews on iTunes are so helpful because they allow for other people who may have never heard about the show, hear about the podcast, and maybe feel encouraged as well. You can head over to our website at BehindTheBlissPodcast.com, read past show notes, find other shows, and anything else that you're looking for. Honestly, Rachel and I are flat out shocked that you guys are loving the podcast so much. And it's so exciting for us as we plan more content and move forward with this podcast. Thank you guys so much again for joining us and we'll see you next week.